rise and shine. Rise and shine, chop chop. Rise and shine. Rise and shine, it's a beautiful day. Rise and shine, rise and shine. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. You guys are nerds. This is exactly what the nerds want. Our name shall become legend. Spoken in hushed tones by nerds across the galaxy. If you build it, nerds will come. Nerds must love this place. They think we're a bunch of nerds, and I'll tell you something. I think they're right. Let, let the nerds take over. Let the nerds take over! Shine nerds, grab your coffee, wipe the sleep from your eyes, and turn up the volume as we help kick off your day with Love Thy Nerds official morning show here on YouTube and LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt. I'm the director of content and resources for Love Thy Nerd. And I'm Deidre, with one arm tied behind my back. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Thank you for making us a part of your morning, every morning, now Monday through Friday. Let's get to our top story. Is Blue Beetle the best modern DC superhero movie? At uh, Washington Post, David Bentoncourt's title is Reporter Focusing on Comic Book Culture. Like, that's his title. Saturday, he wrote that the Blue Beetle movie isn't just a good superhero movie. It's the best film from DC in its modern era. This past decade marked by their struggle to catch up to Marvel Studios. Says Blue Beetle has heart. Blue Beetle has soul. There's a feeling that those of us who love superhero cinema get when we know we've seen something special. And that feeling that compelled or the feeling that compelled us to buy a ticket for a midnight screening back in the day. That feeling that makes you see a superhero flick four to five times in theaters because you want to see it again and can't wait for it to arrive on home video. I can't. I can't remember the last time I felt that way. <laughs> I did go see, was it Spider-Man 2? Not not Tobey Maguire's, but the new Spider-Man. Spider-Man Far From Home? Far From Home. Uh-huh. I saw that in a midnight screening once, right? I think y'all had gone camping and I had gone to Lubbock. And I, I decided to stay the night so I could go to a midnight screening because I'd never been to one before. Did you stay the night or did you drive home? <laughs> I stayed the night, but I slept in my car in the That's parking right. lot of the movie theater. <laughs> for like, I mean, at that point, it was like for three hours, and then I got up and drove home. It was a quick nap. But it was, a, it was an experience. That's for sure. But anyway, <laughs> Blue Beetle will leave you feeling that way when you walk out of the theater. It certainly made me feel that way. Uh, I do not know how to say this guy's name. Zolo Marendueña as Jaime Reyes, the kid under the Blue Beetle armor. Uh, gives a performance that I can only describe as Downey-esque. Yes, I have no qualms in saying Blue Beetle gave me Iron Man in 2008 vibes. <laughs> Not just in an individual performance of the lead actor or the high-tech suit of armor, but also in the feeling that this is the start of something big. The second Blue Beetle's credits started rolling, I knew I had seen the best DC movie of the last decade. The movie had heart, humor, and multiple complex villains. The DC movie has a 91% audience score and 75% credit score on Rotten Tomatoes. Notes and analysis from Forbes uh, says the DC movie is projected to make between 25 million and 32 million through Sunday, which was this past weekend. Variety reported through Deadline that puts it 25 million, uh, making it DC's 
latest underperforming film as it struggles to compete with uh, rival Marvel. By comparison, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy 3 pulled in $118.4 million its opening weekend in May, while Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania grossed $106.2 million in its opening weekend in February. And Sony's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse countered $120.7 million its first weekend. Warner Brothers has experienced underperformance with recent superhero films like Black Adam, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and The Flash, writes Collider. Uh, own, originally designed as a direct-to-streaming title, Blue Beetle now serves as the second-to-last uh, second installment of the bygone era of the DC Extended Universe, which will be rebooted under the supervision of James Gunn and Peter Safran uh, with Superman Legacy in 2025. The current DCEU era will officially come to a close with Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom later this year, which has the largest overall connection with the series, while Blue Beetle was mostly a standalone story. The movie's opening is the same range in the same range as Birds of Prey some years ago. That film is generally considered to have underperformed at the box office, finishing with less than $100 million domestically. Uh, and just around 200 million worldwide. Barbie will take second place with an estimated 20 million this fifth weekend. Um, anyway, more about Barbie and all that. <laughs> uh, so we've yet to see the movie. Uh-huh. And I don't really blame us for that because DC movies have been a bit right. of a downer. <laughs> bit of a downer lately. Uh, I did watch Black Adam. Um, yeah. I don't think I watched it. You didn't, it. no. It was The Rock's like 14 <laughs> year in the making movie. Uh-huh. Bleh. <laughs> it was bandied about as one of the best superhero movies ever. And it was just a, it was a, I mean, it was, it was a popcorn movie. It was a smash em up popcorn movie that if that's all you want, that's fine. When it comes to really approaching a, a narrative worthy of, you know, a multi-verse <laughs> Uh, superhero aspect is just bleh, bleh, <laughs> and it had no I still don't understand the compulsion to not have Shazam be a part of it mm. Shazam and Black Adam those are the that's the Superman and Lex Luthor I mean it's why would you not it, like it was the rocks from the beginning like I don't want Shazam in the movie really even at the end even at the end where there would be the perfect cameo for mm -hmm. shazam to show up they're mm -hmm. like let's get henry cavill back and make people think that he's going to be returning as superman which he never he didn't like i don't understand huh. <clears throat> so yeah yeah it, that's rude it, it was supposed to be, it was like teasing the return <laughs> of henry cavill as superman and then they got canned immediately after the movie's release <laughs> um they just changed their minds too much in they, DC. It's, yeah, it's there. <laughs> there are too whims. many resets. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Playing around, uh, they shot themselves in their own foot with hype. Um, the Flash was called the greatest superhero movie of all time by so many people that saw it before anybody else. Like for a year leading up to, it. like this is going to be the greatest superhero movie of all time, or similar things from a bunch of early reviewers. Even Stephen King gave it a glowing review, exciting a lot of people because he got to see it early. Mm -hmm. It just finished its run, making two hundred eighty-six million on a movie, which sounds like a lot worldwide. Two hundred eighty-six million, but the movie cost two hundred twenty million to make. Oh dear! And even though that might sound at least like a minor success, that doesn't account for the likely one hundred to two hundred million dollars spent in marketing the film to get people to go see it. Mm. So in reality, the Flash was a huge loss. Hmm. Uh, but, I mean, you can even go back to the original Suicide Squad movie, which I think was the second or third movie. 
in the DCEU. Mm-hmm. It had the, like the terrible Jared Leto Joker that nobody liked and the weird bubble-headed villains that didn't make any sense and just the convoluted aspects of all these different storylines that just never meshed well together. Mm-hmm. It's just been one disappointment after the other. Man of Steel did okay, which was the first movie in the whole mess, but then it also had a lot of detractors because they didn't understand why Superman had to kill Zod. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, but it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone was really upset. Like Superman doesn't kill. Like, yeah, but he's also just now becoming Superman. You're not realizing the struggle. And he obviously didn't want to, but the dude was like slicing whole buildings in half and they were falling over and killing a bunch of people. Like so many people had already died <laughs> and there was no way to stop him because he was essentially another Superman. I mean, I could, I could tell us how you really proselytize feel. <laughs> for that movie all day if you'd like. But anyway, I liked, I liked Man of Steel a lot and I think it got a little bit, but I also like Green Lantern. So can you trust me? No, I guess not. Uh, I am notoriously forgiving of bad movies. Uh, I love, like I said, love Green Lantern, uh-huh. but they just have gotten worse and worse. Just enough. There've been just enough good movies. Like Wonder Woman was really good. Mm-hmm. Just enough good movies to keep us hopeful. Aquaman was really good. Mm-hmm. Just enough to keep us like, all right, maybe they're turning it around. And then mm-hmm. we're served another steaming pile. <laughs> Mosaic, you like Green Lantern too? Ah, uh, I don't think I've heard anyone else agree with me ever. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear that. I thought it was great. It, it had its it had its faults, but nothing that couldn't be turned around in the next movie, which would have been like the seeds of the Sinestro Corps War, which would have been so good to see. And then Blackest Night could have been later after that. That's DC's version of a zombie apocalypse with superheroes and supervillains as zombies. Mm-hmm. How could you not want this in a movie? Right. But we just couldn't, 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 it was even then. Because that was supposed to be the start of the new movies, like the new set of movies. Green right. Lantern was supposed to be the first. Mm-hmm. And then because it didn't do great. This is what I'm Mark, saying. Yeah, Mark Strong and Sinestro was so good. They couldn't, they're like, oh, never mind. Let's start, let's start keep, with Man of Steel instead and forget Ryan Reynolds. They just keep cutting. <clears throat> Yeah, they, just, they, they build you up, they and then they, they're like, oh, well, that didn't do as well as we thought, so we're just going to abandon that and right. go this other direction. But they do it too much, and you're like, well, now I don't want to go see your movie because you're going to get me excited about a storyline, and you're just going to cut it anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then... Either just do a standalone, do br- just standalone movies, or which, build a story and stick to it. Which was better for DC? Their standalone movie time mm-hmm. was better. Yeah. But with um, even with the current DCEU, we got all these teases for, you know, where the Justice League story was going to go in mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. With the, you know, the Flash coming from the future and, you know, teasing what was happening then. And then... Justice League came out having been heavily edited by Joss Whedon because Zack Snyder had to leave after his daughter's passing. Mm. And that got screwed up. And then we got that released on HBO Max, the the Zack Snyder version, which I thought was great, Mm -hmm. but led into a whole thing where, well, this would have been the third and fourth movie, but we're not going to ever do it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just a whole bunch of coulda, probably shoulda, not gonna. Mm-hmm. 
And it's just a bummer. Yeah. Frost says Green Lantern was the last movie he watches an actual midnight release. <clears throat> I would have enjoyed it. I think it would have been great. Uh, one final note, as we're hoping that James Gunn can turn it around. It's possible, it's been hinted at, that even though Blue Beetle is happening in still the DCEU era before the reboot, it's possible we will still be seeing Blue Beetle, the same character and everything, in the new version, in the DCU that James Gunn is kicking off in 2025. If that's the case, Blue Beetle's director wants Ted Lasso himself, Jason Sudeikis, to play Ted Cord, which is the scientist that previously was known as Blue Beetle in the storylines, uh, for the possible sequel. And I am all for more Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> I love, love the man. Fantastic actor. All right. In other news today... Microsoft takes down a string of embarrassing travel articles created with uh, algorithmic techniques. <laughs> what? Okay. Microsoft <laughs> took down a string of articles published by Microsoft Travel last week uh, that included a bizarre recommendations for visitors to Ottawa to visit the Ottawa Food Bank and to consider going into it on an empty stomach. <laughs> the now deleted article that included the recommendation headed to Ottawa here's what you shouldn't miss went viral uh, after writer <laughs> Paris Marx shared it as an example of an AI flop the online chatter about the article and the clearly offensive nature of the food bank recommendation prompted Microsoft to issue a statement the statement blamed a human Hmm. This article has been removed, and we have identified that the issue was due to human error, a Microsoft spokesperson said. The article was not published by an unsupervised AI. We combine the power of technology with the experience of content editors to surface, sto uh, yeah, surface stories. In this case, the content was generated through a combination of algorithmic techniques with human review. Not a large language model or AI system. We are working to ensure this type of content isn't posted in future. It, it wasn't the AI that was the problem. It was the human. There was a content editor. Then they made the mistake. We all make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I might be more persuaded by the stance of that article, however egregious it was, were, were it the only one. In fact, it was not. There were at least a handful of articles that made equally absurd but less offensive travel recommendations. So it's essentially, it was recommending the food bank as a restaurant. Right, right. And... <laughs> Like, you don't get to that point <laughs> without it being clearly some sort of AI-generated <laughs> right. thing. I feel like a person would know, oh, that's a food bank. <laughs> Consider going there on an empty stomach. <laughs> well, yeah, dude. If you're going to the food bank, it's probably because you don't got food. And was this a review? It wasn't a review, no. It was just like a... A recommendation. You know, 10 spots to visit here, you know, that kind of thing that, you know, all these travel spots have. I have a problem with that, too. So it's not a person who's traveled to Ottawa right. and visited, <laughs> right. but you're going to tell me the 10 best places to go. <laughs> right. I want that to be someone who's been there right. to all those places. I want a review. Uh, so it does make sense that a human needs to approve the article and give prompts to the AI. Sure. Humans are going to be there. But I love how it's like the human's fault. Like, <laughs> if you had a human write the article, this never would have happened. <laughs> We're going to see these more and more, these kind of issues. AI yeah. is leaps and bounds from where it was this time last year. But I think it still has a long way to go mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. being trustworthy. Yeah. Recommending Oreo stir fry. 
ridiculous. <laughs> and lastly, this is going to make you happy as a mother of a child who enjoys this game. I don't know. Roblox facilitates illegal gambling for minors, according to a new lawsuit. Ooh. Uh, so this is from ARS Technica. A new proposed class action lawsuit accuses user-generated metaverse company Roblox of profiting from helping to power third-party websites that use the platform's Robux currency for unregulated gambling activities. In doing so, the lawsuit says Robux is effectively working with and facilitating the gambling website defendants to offer illegal gambling opportunities to minor users. The three gambling website companies named in the lawsuit, Sat- Satsuzuki, Studs Entertainment, and Roblox Wild Entertainment, uh, allows users to connect to a Roblox Roblox account and convert any existing balance of Robux, the, the virtual currency for mm-hmm. Roblox, uh, into credits on their gambling site. And then those credits act like virtual casino chips that can be used to make simple wagers on those sites, ranging from blackjack to simple coin flip games. If a player wins, they can transfer their winnings back to the Roblox platform as Robux. Mm-hmm. The gambling site uses fake purchases of worthless dummy items to facilitate these Robux Robux transfers, according to the lawsuit. And Robux takes a 30% transaction fee, both when the players cash in and cash out from the gambling site. 30%? Gracious. If the player loses, the transferred Robux Robux are retained by the gambling website through a stock account on the Robux platform. In either case, the Robux, it's really hard to say Robux and Roblox over and over again. (laughs) Robux can be converted back to actual money through the developer exchange program. For individuals, this requires a player to be at least 13 years old, to file tax paperwork in the U.S., and have a balance of at least 30,000 Robux, which is about $105 worth. The gambling websites also use the developer exchange program to convert their Robux balances to real money, according to the lawsuit. And the real money involved isn't chump change either. The lawsuit cites a claim that RBX flips owners that 7 billion Robux worth over $70 million was wagered on the site in 2021. And the site's revenue increased 10 times as much in 2022. Holy cow. The site also frequently... Uh, promoted by Roblox-focused social media influencers to drum up businesses, according to the lawsuit. Roblox's terms of service explicitly bar experiences that include simulated gambling, included playing with virtual chips, simulated betting, or exchanging real money, Robux, or an inexperienced uh, items of value. But the gambling sites get around this prohibition by hosting their games away from Roblox's platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, of user-created experiences while still using Robux transfers to take advantage of players' virtual currency balances from the platform. So essentially they're saying, we're using your monetary system Mm -hmm. and the rules you've set up with the developer program, developer exchange program, to run our own stuff over here off your site. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of what Robux responses like these are third-party sites that have no legal affiliation with roblox whatsoever bad actors make illegal use of roblox's intellectual property and branding to operate such sites in violation of our standards sure but it's not like you don't know who they are (laughs) Mm -hmm. why aren't you blocking right the usage of this program for these sites once you find out who they are right uh 
I have I just have a problem with Roblox altogether, and I do let my kids play it because apparently it's really fun. I've but played a few games. They're right. Just the lack of parental control. There's not. Yeah. There's, there's not, nothing. There's a little. I mean, there's the age range you can put in there, uh, but it's not perfect. No. It's not a perfect system. Um. <clears throat> And it's just all over the place. Yeah, kids are already (laughs) addicted to Roblox as well. Like, we know of a certain situation that I won't get into, but we've we've got people that we know whose kids are obviously addicted (laughs) to the point of very bad habits. (laughs) And it's it's correct that it would be hard to figure this out initially because gambling isn't happening on their system. Yeah. But again, like there's three listed here. Parents know what they are. I'm sure they've been reported. Yeah. I want to write down the names and ask our boys if they've played on any of these. Right. I don't think so, because it would require them to be on the internet, which they don't have, like, the browser internet. Because this is what it's saying. It's like, you can't get to it through Roblox. So you can't, like, be in Roblox and go into that. Right. It just uses Roblox as the system of monetary upload. So. It's like, connect your account here, just like, you know, Facebook does in any other website. You know, gotcha. sign in with Facebook. You're like, sign right. in with Roblox, transfer mm. your money here, and now you have it for this, and then we can send it back if you win. <sighs> but I mean, that, e- what, what kind what, what, what kind of person? <laughs> <laughs> no, they know it's, it's targeted to children. Right. Has, there's, there's no, I mean, I'm sure there are some adults that play, but I mean, it's clearly... Yeah. Roblox level children that they're mm-hmm. targeting to. Mm-hmm. How do you sleep at night? Seventy million dollars. <laughs> yeah, you are grifting kids. Yeah. <laughs> How do you sleep at night? I don't get it. But yeah, Roblox. Instead of just being like, "Hey, it's not our fault," just do something about it. <laughs> Instead of just silently taking your 30% of $70 million. Right, right. Sheesh. Uh-huh. Sheesh. 30% coming and going. <laughs> Mosaic says, we used to play pencil break on the school bus for candy money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to fall for a potato in my tailpipe. Uh, let's wrap up the news today <laughs> and take a quick break. <laughs> But when we come back, I've got something to get off my chest. And we'll share today in nerd history. Stick around. (laughs) What's up, nerd? Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Tune in to LTN Radio for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie 24-7. Not to mention a whole network of podcasts, shows, specials, and shorts, many of which air on LTN Radio before they're available anywhere else. Join us at LTNOnAir.com to see our schedule, stream our station, and download our app. Welcome 
Welcome back to Rise and Shine Nerds, LTN's official morning show here on YouTube and LTN Radio. For this next segment, Daedra is taking the reins with something she wants to get off her chest. Daedra? <laughs> this is a story about Matt. <laughs> He's so excited that I get to tell it. It's stupid. <laughs> it showcases my awkwardness as a human being. <laughs> yes. Um... For, for all of you watching, you don't believe this about Matt, but he's socially awkward. And you don't believe it because he puts on this persona for you. Uh, <laughs> you have my attention now. Yes. Uh, have you ever, like, done something embarrassing and you're like, man, I'm glad nobody saw that? <laughs> well, Matt thought he had gotten away with something that he did. <laughs> oh, gosh. So I show up to work. You tell the story and then I'll tell the real story. Okay. Go ahead. I show up to work on Thursday and I'm, I'm talking to my, my coworker. Her name's Kay and she's, um, uh, an older lady. She's, you know, a grandma and stuff. And anyway, Matt doesn't see her a lot. So, uh, she asks me, was your son, was your husband at Albertsons? And I was like, I really don't know. We went to church and, you know, he goes to Albertsons a lot. This is exactly what I told her. And she's like, well, there was this man in the bakery and um, he was looking at the cookies. <laughs> and I thought, that's Matt. And so I went over to him and I said, to strike up a conversation. She's like, I said, you know, those things are bad for you, right? And he had his little basket and he went, yep. And took the cookies and ran away. <laughs> and, and she was like, so now I'm like, was that Matt? I don't know. Did I just like come up to a random person and tell him that he shouldn't eat cookies? <laughs> <laughs> and so i text matt were you at albertson's and he goes yes dot 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 and i said were you buying cookies <laughs> did a strange lady come up to you and say those are bad for you you know <laughs> and he had to confess that yes that was him <laughs> And did uh, he did not recognize Kay. He, and let, he, just okay, let he me. said he recognized her. <laughs> Look, okay, here's, here's what happened. I'm a socially awkward person. I was going to Albertsons to get a couple things. And because I had time, uh, I was going to look around for different like keto options because I'm yeah, we're getting back into the keto mode. He's looking at cookies. And I was going to <laughs> the meat and cheese section, which is right in the bakery area, because that's where the deli and all that kind of stuff is. Uh -huh. And I do always stop at that little cookie section because our Albertsons, and I think most Albertsons still do this, but our Albertsons used to make a chocolate chip cookie with M&Ms in it. Mm -hmm. And they were the best store made cookies I've ever had and very rarely they make a batch and I think they make it by accident now but very rarely they make it every other Albertsons I go to across this globe they Don't make, make these every day 
<laughs> and it makes me so mad that ours decided to stop because they're better than the normal chocolate chip cookies and they're better than the sugar cookies with M&Ms. It's just, it's really good. I always go over there and look, see, do they maybe have it? Uh, and they don't. But I went over there and I, I get, I hear, those are bad for you, you know? And I'm like, who's this stranger talking to me? I look up and I recognize the lady as someone I've seen before. I don't recognize who she is. And I wasn't terrified of her commenting. I was terrified of her continuing to talk to me <laughs> because I don't know who you are, lady. And I'm going to be super awkward and not have anything to say. So I'm, I'm going like, to have to ask you, gonna, yeah, do how, I know you? How, how's your What's life? What's your name? How's your spouse or child? Uh, and so to avoid all that, I just, <laughs> just left. left. I had I had cookies in my hand and I just left. Panic set in. <laughs> so and I walked like, uh -huh. I walked to the uh, candy aisle because I have a bunch of like the chalk zero <laughs> stuff and I'm looking at that. And I'm like, I'm just gonna sit here until I'm sure she's out of the bakery. I'll go put the cookies back. And then I'm like, nah, I'm not even gonna risk it. And I just shoved the cookies on a shelf. <laughs> And then immediately left the store. <laughs> I never looked back for what I was looking for or anything. I'm just like, I'm going to buy the one thing I have and leave. Um. I thought that this was someone who maybe once attended our church. Yeah. He didn't think he would have to tell me at all about well, this, this event. That's, that's what she's saying that I got away with. Is like, I thought I could just be awkward and not have to worry about it. I told her Nobody I'm awkward. Nobody will know. I'm, I'm awkward. Far more often than you're aware of, but it never comes up. But yeah, I didn't recognize until she asked me, uh, were you yeah. at I'm like, that was Kay. That was her coworker. I see her maybe twice a year. And that's something I see. Five, someone <laughs> I see five times a day, five times a week. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that was fun. That was a fun. I immediately told him that this was my segment. <laughs> This was going to be my segment. So Yay. <laughs> I did warn him. Mm -hmm. New segment, Matt's Socially Awkward, awkward life. life. Yes. <laughs> Matt's Socially Awkward Life. Socially Awkward Life. Uh, let's wrap things up with Today in Nerd History. Today in Nerd History. Today's date is August 29th. On August 29th, 1941, Jimmy Olsen, a young photojournalist and friend of Superman, made his comic book debut as a named character in Superman number 13, where he helped the Man of Steel stop a criminal archer from robbing a charity event. On August 29th, 1997, Netflix was founded by Reed Hastings and Mark Randolph as a company that offered online movie rentals and sales through DVDs. The company later introduced a subscription service that allowed customers to rent unlimited DVDs for a monthly fee. Netflix has since become a pioneer in streaming media and original content production. 
And on August 29th, 2005, Prison Break premiered. This thrilling TV series about two brothers who escape from prison and clear their names featured a complex plot, a talented cast, and a lot of action and suspense. The key factor of the first season was the younger brother having had the blueprints for the prison tattooed on his back, disguised to look like a large tattoo mural. For more nerdy facts about today's entries, find the companion article on lovethynerd.com. We hope you have a fantastic day, and we thank you for making Rise and Shine Nerds a part of it. Catch us every weekday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern on YouTube or 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on LTN Radio. You can also subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app or through the Love Thy Nerds YouTube YouTube channel (laughs) so you can catch up on any episodes you missed. And tell us what you think of the show via our socials at Rise and Shine LTN on Facebook and Twitter. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. I'm Deidre. And as always, a reminder. Jesus loves you, nerds.